Welcome back to another episode of We Are These Guys Now. My name is Kenneth. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore mr.clark. And my name is Ben. You can follow me on all the socials at benmuller915. You can also follow our podcast page on Instagram at We Are These Guys Now. You can go to our website, www.wearetheseguysnow.com, to look at our merch. merch. <laughs> we have plenty of merch. Uh, a lot of stuff for you all to check out. If there's anything that we've ever said or done that you want on a shirt, we will happily make it for Easily. you so we can put it on the website. Oh, so simple. Not not even a task. Just let us know. I want to give a shout out to uh, Gary Barons. Um, saw him this last weekend. Good seeing you. Gary, uh, I show up to the hotel Friday night. I was at a wedding this last weekend. Also, show out to Anna and Jacob. Congratulations. Super fun weekend. I show up to the hotel Friday night. Everyone's by the pool, and Gary is wearing a We Are These Guys Now t-shirt. Uh, love you, Gary. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. It was awesome. If, if we're giving shout-outs to people uh, randomly repping our, our merch, uh, shout-out to Noelle Lilly out in New York City. Uh, just randomly posting wearing our merch at all times to her thousands of followers from her verified page amazing thank you we appreciate it thank you for the exposure coco as well wearing our merch on her streams great supporter we love you she she, she also has us uh on, as one of her command links so if you type command podcast or exclamation point podcast in any of her streams it brings up the one where we interviewed her it's pretty dope Oh yeah. Yep, she shouts us out like every week. Gotta love the people who love We Are These Guys Now. You guys are amazing. It almost makes me want to cry, but I'm too much of a thug for that. <laughs> You're the reason we do it. Because we're uh, also, I got a text this last weekend. Dude, we hit our, technically our one year, we haven't done our one year um, like celebration episode, and this, this one's uh, not it. Sorry, people. But uh, I want to say on <laughs> Saturday, last Friday or Saturday, was the one-year anniversary of our uh, first episode being released. Holy crap. That's dope. You know what that means. We're done. We got it. We're done. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> 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 He's outro hits. Get <laughs> a good run. You know what that means. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. We're, what's crazy is we're just about as old as my favorite podcast, uh, Crew Seasons. They're on like episode 53, but that just means that, because uh, we missed a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're like a week, <laughs> we're like a week younger than them. Yeah, I think we're like mid 40s. Yeah, well, we're like 41, 42. This would be 41, 42. Mm-hmm. So even still, a lot of content out there. Speaking of content, what are we talking about this week, Kenny? Today, we're going to start off at the top of the show. Something light, something nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our favorite quotes. Now, these can be quotes from history, quotes from your favorite song, something that you know a figure in your life said to you. We've taken the time to uh, decide like what our favorite quote or quotes might be and we're just going to talk about it, you know, the reason why it's had impact on our lives. Um, did you want to start? Sure. Um, one quote that when Kenny proposed this idea to me that immediately came to mind was um, 
if it could have worked out any other way, it would have. Um, mm. I heard that a while ago. I can't, I can't remember where I heard it. Was it on TikTok or something? Or some show I was watching? I can't remember. I actually can't mm-hmm. remember. I don't remember um, where I heard it, but it, I remember that it stuck with me because um, I'm the type of person that uh, is super hard on themselves um, in most aspects of my life. Um, I'm not like a super anxious person, but like I do replay, um, like past situations in my head and how I could have went better and what I did wrong and, you know, where I am now, where I could be. And it, and it's, I think we've mentioned the podcast before, it's unbelievably unproductive staying the present moments, like the, you know, the best way you can possibly live, but it's really hard to do that, um, all the time. But when I kind of go down these like rabbit holes of either like negative self-talk or what have you, I kind of that quote kind of comes to mind. Um, and when I say that to myself, peace kind of surrounds me. And then the minute I start accepting where I am in that current moment and, uh, in all aspects of like my life, I start to feel a lot better and better things start happening. Once I don't think it can be understated, like the importance of, um, I think I want to go back to one of our previous episodes was like letting the river, flow and not fighting the the um flow of life and that quote kind of ties into that because if it could have worked out any any other way it would have and you're on this specific path like for a reason um whether as a lesson or you know things that that happen there are no good or bad things there's only things that happen and how you um take them so you could accept things as bad or those terrible those awful I, I, I fucked up so bad or you can take it as a lesson and learn from it and you get better um, but yeah I, I, I have to say for the last year of doing this podcast that's probably the one quote that I go back to over and over again like I said when I get on those negative self-talk trains and try to snap myself out of it and um, it's really helped that's a good one that's a really good one I don't I can't pinpoint where I've heard it before, but I like that. Kind of on the uh, same track, at least my fir- the first, ver- first, first, first quote that came to mind, uh, given my heavily Christian background, was uh, a verse out of Romans, uh, all things work together for the good. Mm. Whereas, similar to what you just said, uh, but slightly different take, Instead of there not being, uh, there, you know, there's no such thing as bad things. There are just things that are working together for the good. In order to build a building, in order to build upon certain land, you have to lay a foundation. In order to lay the, the foundation, you've got to dig up some stuff so that you can lay down stronger material. So, like, there are some things that we go through in life that it feels like someone is digging at us and taking things away and we wonder like why these things are disappearing from our life why is somebody taking so much you know of this dirt of this soil that you know has been here for so long this was my norm this was what i knew and now they're but they're little do we know that they're taking it away so that they can lay down some concrete so they can put in steel beams so that we can have a stronger foundation so that they can now bring in the other materials to start building us up, to elevate us to another level. Like, there are 
things that we don't like that happen in our lives because we would prefer that life was easy and that the next steps to getting somewhere was going to be super simple. But when you really think about that one verse, you know, all things work together for the good. There's there's some real crappy stuff. I don't think I've really talked about it on this podcast before, but um, when I was 15, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so, like, <laughs> you're a 15-year-old who's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. You were like, two weeks away from going to your first football combine that you were invited to. You were invited to go to a football combine out in California to go play in front of these college scouts to, you know, get your stats and your name out there to just, you know, start doing the whole journey and it all comes to a screeching halt. Like, what what do you really think? Like, what's going through your mind? I can probably tell you. This sucks. (laughs) I don't want to be doing this right now. I don't want to have to go to five seven doctors a week for them to all tell me that they haven't seen my disease in their entire career because nobody in america gets it like that that's not what you want to hear but then you know you turn 24 and you're six years sorry eight years in remission and you kind of look back on it and you think man i wouldn't have i might not have met the people that i know today if I had kept going on the path that I was on. I might not be the person that I am today. I wouldn't have the same qualities of character that I enjoy about myself so much. I wouldn't be the success that I believe I am at my age. And I may not even love myself as much as I do right now because I had the opportunity to uh, really be with myself for that time. So it sucked. I didn't want cancer, but it's like the verse says, all things work together for the good. It's not something I wanted to do, but it turned out to be a great part of my life. And that's why that quote means so much to me. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's fucking incredible. Um, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy that I fucking (laughs) met you, man. That is, that's awesome. Yeah, it's part of part part of the Jesus in me. <laughs> it's like I said, just a heavy heavily in, influenced Christian background. It's one of those things where, as you get older, if you like look at if you look at it as a guide to life and not the rules to life, mm. it's a lot more healthy, in my opinion. You know, everyone has their own ways of viewing and doing religion. But, you know, there's no way of knowing who's right. But if you look at all of them as guides to how you want to live your life instead of the rules for how everyone should live their life, Mm -hmm. you become, one, less judgmental because you know that everyone's just kind of trying their best. And two, you see a lot more of the positive that's in these you know books that we're reading and that we put so much faith into there's there's a lot of positive stuff in there we should stop looking at all the negative and putting it on others as if we're not also just trying our best <laughs> yeah that's always been my one kind of complaint with religion obviously there's, there's 
good lessons and, and like you said, it's a good guide to live your life. But when you take specific, um, I was actually just talking with somebody um, last week about this. When you take specific verbiage and like wording and then apply it to other people and like it's hard to just specific situations mm-hmm. instead of just the lessons of the guys or, or the guides that are inside of the, uh, the passage is when I get a little weird about it because that text has been rewritten, you know, so many times um, to, you know, take specific verbiage and apply it to whatever situation in most cases kind of fits their purpose. Um, that's right. Problem. Yeah, when you start picking it apart and just choosing, you know, the areas that fit your narrative on how, and especially when you like use that to judge or tear someone else down, mm-hmm. it isn't, it, it's so, it's so fresh. It's infuriating. Like we're, we're in Pride Month right now. Um, Leviticus is the uh, book that's most quoted in regards to like oh people shouldn't be gay like leviticus also says that you shouldn't eat pork and that you shouldn't wear silk like you it it baffles me that someone can that that's that's literally like looking at the rule book in football and like hey you can't do a forward pass after you uh, no sorry um what is it what what's one what's one rule? Oh, oh, like if I drop the ball, it's not a fumble. But like no, it says right here it's a fumble, and it also says that you can't do this, also that you can't do that. You can't pick one rule that you want to follow, and then like ignore the rest. That's what I was trying to say. You can't look at one rule and say, hey, you can't do a forward pass after you already caught the ball after you pass line of scrimmage. But I can fumble if I want to, and I'm not gonna lose the ball. And I could jump off sides if I want to, and I'm not going to, like, go back five yards. I'm also going to, instead of kicking the ball for the field goal, I'm just going to pick it up, walk up to the goalpost, and throw it through. <laughs> right, like uh, Yeah, I'm just I'm going to Jimmy Graham dunk it through the goalpost because I only listen to that one rule, and I'm going to make sure that everyone follows it, or you're wrong and you can never play in the championship ever. You'll never go to the Super Bowl because you don't follow this one rule. You're never going to go to heaven because you don't follow this one rule, even though you don't even get to determine that. Like, where do these people get off judging someone else? And, like, I guess I'm doing that right now. But, like, I don't. we don't get to decide who goes to these good or bad places. None of us. Nope. Not a single one. So... I believe in God. I believe that there is one God eternally existed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I also know for a fact that he did not imbue me with the power to send anyone to heaven or hell. So however someone else is living their life is, one, a whole lot of none of my business. <laughs> yeah. And two, I'm just here to be a supporting character in the life that is everyone. If somebody needs my assistance or wants my perspective on, you know, what we're doing here or what, you know, or if they have questions on why I believe the way that I do, 
I will happily answer. I'll give them all the information. I wholeheartedly believe I would have died from cancer if I didn't have faith because I just would have been that anxious. I would have been a whole ball of nerves ready to just die at the hands of this sickness if I didn't have my faith. And that that's just what I believe. And if someone wants to tell me I'm wrong, it's like, well, cool. You don't have to believe me. <laughs> the same way I don't have to, you know, the same way I don't want to force you to believe, because that's not faith, that's just obedience. And it's just a blind rhetoric that we're feeding people to try and make them obey our way that we want them to live. And if they're not happy, then shoot. I don't know what the point is being here. Like, I get it. We're concerned for other people's souls, but I'm I'm really concerned that some people are living out of blind obedience and not seeking their happiness because someone else told them, who has no power to do so, that they would go to hell if they didn't. Well, it's comforting. It's comforting to live in that blind obedience that, yep, this is the, you know, like you said, I was told by somebody at some point that this is what I'm supposed to do, and then they find some sort of sense of purpose in it, but it's not, it's misguided, it's a misguided sense of purpose. Yeah. Where you're, that is your purpose, is to get other people to fall into this blind, like you said, blind obedience. Instead of pyramid scheme, it's a little, it's a little uh, multi-level marketing vibes to it. Yo, I'm sorry, my bad, bro. Yo, it's, it's like somebody trying to sell forex. Yeah. yeah, you gotta go get four other people to join, otherwise you're gonna get kicked out of the club. Oh man, oh bro, that was okay. Whew. Religion is, is a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> In order for it to keep functioning, you need to go get more people. Yeah, and eventually you get to the top, but there's so many levels until you get to the top of what all is going on. Uh, oh, man. Oh, jeez. We derailed. I wasn't we, anticipating. Do, but that was a fantastic derailment, Kenny. Yeah. It's just... You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about, like I said, I am a Christian. Nobody can tell me otherwise. I believe in God. I believe in Christ's sacrifice for our sins and that eventually we will have the opportunity to be judged and go to heaven if we lived a, you know, positive life or go to hell. I just don't get to make that choice. So I don't believe I get the opportunity to tell anyone else how to live their life. Because I don't even know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> I'm just doing the best I can. Yeah. And so that, I just get passionate about that stuff. No one does. And once you realize that, once you realize that everyone is just trying to do their best and everyone has their unbelievable unique set of human experience unique to them that no one else can fully uh, understand, just as unique as your own, mm-hmm. life gets a lot easier. So much easier. It's so much less stressful when you, uh, what are the words, stop caring about other people's lives so much and start focusing on the happiness that you find in your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, also, it's already stressful enough just trying to be an adult. Like, how do you find the time in the day to then, like, belittle and 
berate the rest. Like, like I said, I mean, we're sitting here and judging the people who judge others for how, <laughs> how they live their life. But I mean, it's, it's not like it's a thought that keeps me up at night. It's something that is frustrating and I have the opportunity to speak on it because this is our podcast and I can talk about whatever I want. We can do literally anything we want. <laughs> and you're just going to sit there and listen to it, aren't you? Just going to sit there and listen to it right now, huh? Just going just gonna to take it. Just going to take all the information. It's like that, from, I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm obsessed with it. The new Bo Burnham comedy special. He's got a, he's got a song in there where he, uh, one of the quotes is like, uh, like daddy made you your favorite content and they'll open up wide or something and that's what we're doing uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't watched it you should go watch it it's incredible it's a life altering experience yeah, did you watch it? yeah yeah it was incredible man. oh so good so creative I still listen like I listen like to the soundtrack and like other Bo Burnham clips at work while I work like I'm sitting there like crunching numbers and I'm listening to, like, Sad by Bo Burnham. Guy's good. Oh, he's incredible. Guy's good, for sure. I'd, I'd love to meet him. That is one person I'd like to meet. That's one person, like, if we ever... I think we've we've had, like, different talks about, like, who we would like on the show. Mm-hmm. But, like, in all reality, if we, if we ever got big enough to have Bo Burnham on our show, or even if we just had the opportunity to have him on the show... That'd be such an incredible experience just to talk to him about a couple of things. Like one, how he got in, you know, his, his introduction to comedy, just his, you know, whole story about how like he was able to get there. But, you know, just pick his brain about, yeah. about, you know, the things that, that he, like, what are the, what are the things that Bo Burnham thinks about when he's just in a relaxed state of mind doesn't really have anything like on his agenda what are the things that he's pondering about like the world and the universe around us because the amount of creativity it took to generate that special and the specials before that there there are so many thoughts going on in that head that i just i just want to hear it i just want to talk about it and expand on it i think it'd be cool one thing i agree one thing that i would want to ask him because he's like kind of anti not he's definitely anti-social media but um almost like he went on this ram one of his specials like if you live your life without an audience i recommend that you do it and he is kind of anti um you know everyone needs to perform everyone's trying to like outdo each other but like he's made his living off of doing that and i don't know if that'd be like confronting him but like I totally respect where he's coming from as an artist and discussing that, but he's also honest. He, he's like, it's not a great way to live. And I live it, but like, I can't stop. And it causes a lot of problems. Like he's super honest about it. Yeah. That's one of those. I think we've had this conversation before. Like, would you rather have like money, power or fame? And like of of those three things, like the more I the more I think about it, the more I I really don't want to be like known to the world. No. But there's a part of me that wants to be remembered, if that makes sense. Mm. So I want to create something that leaves a legacy. 
but I don't want to have to go outside. Like, I, I don't want to be like LeBron James. Okay. LeBron has done so many great things, and he set up his life and his family on a very good track for at least the next couple decades. They're going to be fine for at least the next couple decades, the least. Oh, he's got generational wealth, man. He's made over he's made over a billion dollars. It's all he's got so yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Family set for life. For like everyone that comes from him is now set up. Like that's how yeah. He's doing incredibly well, but LeBron also can't really like go outside normally and just sit down and eat dinner. No. Like, that's not going to be a normal sit-down because there's going to be someone who's never met LeBron, who's always wanted to meet LeBron, and what are you going to do? Be be the dick who just shoots that guy down? Like, that's, that's who you're going to do. That's who you're going to be? But, I, I, but on the same token, we are never going to stop talking about LeBron James. No. Like, LeBron will die at some point, and we are going to all... Everyone who grew up watching him play or comes from his legacy of play we're gonna keep talking about him forever we're gonna be talking about kobe forever like if we're being real we're gonna talk about tom brady for eons to come as long as football is still around and these are just athletes we're not even talking about like musicians who are crossing generations like michael jackson who will have music still playing when it's like the 2090s (laughs) But that's, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't want to, I guess I don't want to be seen, but I want to be remembered. And that's that's almost an impossible ask. It is. Uh, mine would be money, without a doubt. I don't really care about being known or remembered. I guess what I, when I say money is, I, it's a tool that we've, right or wrong in our society, um, set up to basically function and mm-hmm. provide ourselves with our basic needs. So the minute that you don't have to worry about money, that's like one of my goals is that basically my kids and family will never have to really worry about money uh, ever. Um, so they can figure what they really like and what they want to do um, and live in any sort of way um, that they please, without mm-hmm. feeling that like that, without feeling that burden. And what comes with that is is optionality comes with choice to do anything um, that fills their life with uh, like with purpose. And I don't think fame or power, you know, like it doesn't give you it gives you different options, but you'd have to, you'd have, the only way that it would give you the options, you have to use your fame or power for money while having all the negative aspects of being, like, famous. Like you said, LeBron James can't go out and just have a normal dinner. But, like, you're surrounded by billionaires, you know. Mm-hmm. You probably walk past one a day, you know, and you just have no idea. Even though that person yeah. is, you know, on a completely different playing field than you when it comes to the, um, I guess, their financial value. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like going to the uh, the Waste Management Open. Yeah. Like, you, you go to the Waste Management Open, and you probably walked by, like, four or five people who are worth more than you may ever even dream of making. Yeah. But you'll also walk by just as many people who are 
who, you know, got a free ticket and, or just got invited by one of those people <laughs> and now has the opportunity to be in a place that they otherwise wouldn't have been. There's so many different people like walking this earth. And I, I see where you're coming from. Like to have the money is to have the opportunity to, to do all those things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like I said, it, it's the, it's the narcissist in me. <laughs> There, it's I, I know I, I know I'm a narcissist I really I'm so much I'm so aware because one of my which is part biggest, of the narcissist trait that they feel like I'm so self-aware that I'm a narcissist and... yeah yeah it's oh it's a never-ending hell loop bro like I'm always trying to fix the things that make me awful but I know that I'm awful and I can't fix it because it's kind of who I am <laughs> And you love it because you're a narcissist. And I love it because I love me. Like, what's not to love about me? These awful characteristics? No, they're great. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't like I said, I don't want to be famous. That that's that's the quote. <laughs> that that's like you know, Kenny, June twenty first, twenty twenty one. I don't want to be famous. But I don't want to be forgotten. Mm. Like that. That's that's it. I don't want to be famous. But like, hell, am I gonna be forgotten, bro? Like, my dash is gonna mean something before I leave this earth. And even if like just not being forgotten means like my family for the next couple generations are all like super well off and have good memories of me and my friends and like their families have great memories of me and my community has great memories of you know times that not just me existing in their lives but actually being a benefit and being an assistance and not just selfishly accumulating all that I can from this world but doing all I can to impact the world around me but again I don't want to be famous I just, I just don't want to be forgotten. That makes sense. I like that, that you want the dash to mean something. And I do too, just because I want, I, I prefer money. doesn't mean like, I, I, I like, it's, oh, like, no. it's not yeah. like the pursuit, just to be like, oh, I have a lot of money and then that's, that's going to describe any meaning. Actually, it's not. Um, and that's what I'm interested in is once you get to that point is in finding meaning like past that. Mm-hmm. And Obviously, I want my friends to, you know, remember me well, and I want to have awesome memories with my family, and oh, my dash means something too, but I think that that, by having that, uh, the currency helps. Yeah, that currency, (laughs) yeah, no, it does, and it's a sad truth, so like, there's this whole culture that you see on social media now that's like, almost this like anti, uh, Capitalism, anti, um, you know, making a lot of money. You know, anti Jeff Bezos. You know, he's he's the devil. I'm like, yeah, he's not. Probably, yeah, eat he's not, the rich. Yeah, eat the rich. Yeah. Fuck him. But then, meanwhile, there's like this other side where it's like people showing off and all like the you know them being them traveling and having all these crazy experiences and like yeah, hustle culture. Yeah, and not as much as hustle. It's just like just showing off and like, hey, this is what I'm doing. But like, this is crazy dichotomy where like you know these crazy experiences and you know doing all these incredible things and you know experiencing life well at the same time be like you know like fuck people who make money it's like how do you think that they do this 
Yeah. And, and you shouldn't feel guilty about wanting to have money in order to do those things. I think that's weird. That's, there it is. I like that. You know, we, we're like kind of entering a weird place where we want to make people feel guilty for wanting to make money so that they can be comfortable and like do all these things. And yet we also want to make money so that we can go off and do all these things. It's really toxic. And it, it flows into all aspects of life, which has made a lot of different parts of life very difficult. We just had a two-part uh, like two part episode talking about minimum wage mm-hmm. and how you know, the reason why those people can't make enough money to survive normally without having like two and a half jobs is because the people who are way up the chain, they want to make more money than they made last year because they want to continually be profitable and like make more money for their families. Like, do they have a lot of money? Yes. But do they strive to have more so that they can, you know, feel like they're accomplishing more? Yes. The same way that everybody else does. And, you know, we, we really wanted to, you're, you brought up a great point. We want to talk so bad about these people. Are they doing some sleazy stuff? Yeah. But I dare anyone to look me in the eye and say that if you were in a situation where you had to choose between your tens of thousands of employees that people are, like, I'm, I'm lowballing that aggressively. I'm lowballing that aggressively because a lot of these places have like way more like employees. People. Yeah. But you, you think that, you know, from the top of that mountain, you're going to look down at your tens of thousands of employees and just decide to not just forego your profits for like the year. No, you are like actually taking your money and paying for that, like, like giving your money to the company that you worked hard. You worked hard to get to that place. You really did work hard to get to the place that you're at right now. You built this place. This is yours. This is what you did. And because people are mad at you for making all that money, you're going to turn around and take your money and give it to everyone who was complaining at you. I really don't believe that most people have that type of selflessness in them. I believe that they're going to do everything they can to help because I like to believe that a lot of people would do that. I don't believe that people would sacrifice themselves the way that they expect these other people to do so that someone else can come up in a little bit better of a light. I think it goes back to how our system's set up. So one thing that you notice is when... Bill Gates, uh, Bill and Melinda before they got divorced, because now Melinda's donating like all of her money. Mm-hmm. But when they before they got divorced, her money was tied up in, and she got her money from Microsoft stock. But and Bill's been removed from the company for years. But the minute that they separated themselves from the company, um, they started donating all their money. But when they were still involved in the company, they couldn't, and they ha- they had to still to operate it as a business to make money year after year make more and more more and more money every year is because again their wealth is tied up in that stock and in order for that stock to stay at that price no matter how much money you made the year before you have to make more the next Mm -hmm. and and that's how the entire system set up like even though let's say microsoft makes a billion dollars in 2019 which is a shit ton of money in 2020 
they got to make more than a billion because it's all about it's not just year over year it's quarter to quarter and it's Mm -hmm. constantly monitored and the minute that that slips or something happens so even if he wanted to pay his employees more and let's say even in the long term it might work out better for him to pay his employees more um he could and that's a that's a risk that's a bet that he would have to in the short term like be willing to like lose a lot lose a shit ton and it might not work out like and i said that self-sacrifice i don't think a lot of people are built like no. that but and, sorry go ahead and it's the system itself is set up that way like jeff bezos who st- he just sat down was that a few months ago as the yeah. ceo of uh, amazon he's still he's on the board but like he's not as intimately involved so i'm predicting now now that he's not as intimately involved he's going to start selling off a lot of his stock and obviously putting in the blue origin so he can go to the moon, which again is insane, but or not the moon, but just go to space. It's insane. That's all their aspect. I'm not a big, not a big fan of that, but, um, I could see him start to donate more because again, his net worth is not tied up in his decisions at the company. Not anymore. Yeah. Because that when you're, no matter how, you know, you no matter how much you're worth, your decisions, it's all about making more money. And that's just how our system's set up for right or for wrong. I'm not sure if we are these guys now is going to fix that. I think maybe we could. But <laughs> Give us a shot. And another thing I realize <laughs> is that, except for like, again, like, there's always exceptions. So we talk in mass generalities on this podcast, but so there's always exceptions to what we oh, say. Yeah. So here's, I'm going to give an example. I'm going to get first, I'm going to give the exception. So excluding like generational wealth and like trust fund kids, which, you know, um, is different. If you're ever around somebody who has made a shit ton of money by themselves and didn't inherit it or like in the lottery or, you know, come across something crazy, but they grinded and they got to that point, mm-hmm. that's like ingrained in them. To do it's that. in their DNA. It's in their DNA oh, yeah. to do that. And so <laughs> it's hard to have that turned on for 20, 30 years and all of a sudden turn it off. That's hard. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're habitual creatures. I just read a month or so ago, Atomic Habits. And we are, we technically have total free will and free reign. We do really anything that we want at any time. But we're habitual creatures. Our brain doesn't want to work. Like, as much as it, like, it, it's always looking for shortcuts. And that's how, like, habits are formed. It, so mm-hmm. that the work is hard, basically. For good or for bad. Um, and those people who grinded for 20, 30 years... That becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. That becomes their identity, who they are. Yeah. You're going to strip someone of their identity. That's hard. It's hard to do. Even though it might morally be better. I'm putting this in quotes. You can't see that, but better. <laughs> Air quotes. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard to do. Um, it's not as easy as you make a couple billion bucks and then you just, okay, I'm done. It can yeah. happen. But that's... When you're around people that do that, that that's in there. They're always looking for the next thing because that's like who they've identified as for forever, and that's how they get their dopamine kick, making more money. We might have lost Kenny again. That's okay. I'll keep talking. I'll keep ranting. That's how people get the dopamine kick, and yeah, I don't know if it's it's not like a. Like it isn't in a way like a drug. It's different, but it's it's similar. You establish the habit, which releases the dopamine, and that's hard to 
Um, it's hard to stop. I know we lost you again, Kenny, so I just kept talking. Yeah, it's okay. Was, I don't know what happened. I don't know why that just randomly happens sometimes. Hmm. But, yeah. No, I completely relate to... I completely agree with what you were saying. You know, that, 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 that thing that's in certain people that get them to that level... Not everybody just randomly stumbles across the formula for hot Cheeto dust and yeah. goes from being a janitor to a millionaire to a billionaire. He's a billionaire now. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen for everyone. That's, that's not the story most of the time. Most people have to work really hard to develop a concept, an idea, a product, and then push and grind and run until it takes off and then they have to push and grind and run to keep it afloat and push and grind and run to make it a success and push and grind and run until just like you said they they get to they get to jeff bezos level or um the gates level where they're like okay this thing kind of runs on its own now i can let somebody else run this and for generations to come i'll be straight but it takes 20, 30, 40 years to get to that point. Like they and you're grinding and running and pushing the whole time. And just like you said, it forms that habit. You, If you do something for like 27 days, 21, I think it's 21. You do something for 21 days, it forms a habit. I can't, I, I can't remember what the... It's something like that. Is, but like that, what that book was saying, it's more of an identity thing. It's not like you do something for X amount of days. You have to... You have to you have to think of yourself as that person. Like, could you imagine telling somebody who was like a marathon runner? Like, you see with like David Goggins, who we've mentioned a bunch of times. Like, he's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing something when he's doing these ultra marathons. Like, ultra marathons are not good for you. Like, you you are destroying your body to an extent when you do that. But he's in fantastic shape, and that's that's great. That's better than like the alternative. But like, there's a point where it is. You know, he 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 has a lot of injuries. Because of mm-hmm. it, no matter how hard he, you know, how much he stretches and works on it, it just is what it is. But you can't tell him not to do it. You can't tell an ultra marathon runner, hey, you got to stop running. You could try to tell David Goggins that. He'll call you a bitch. Yeah. I'd be like, hope you're getting soft. Get soft on me. <laughs> and, and, and there's value in what he's saying, but it's, it's similar to telling, you know, these guys who, founded these companies and they say grind it for forever day in and day out all of a sudden you tell them hey you got to stop doing that even though maybe it might be better for them or it might be better for the world that's hard that goes against human nature that 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 is that's not easy to do they don't know another way this nope. is just this this is they've lived more of their life grinding and trying to get to this level than they lived doing anything else and that's like, ooh, we're going back to LeBron James. Crazy stat right now. The second he plays next season of basketball, this man will have been playing basketball professionally for longer than he has been doing anything else in his life. Is he going to be 36? He's going to be 37 next year. Holy shit. And playing his 19th season in the league. He started when he was 18. 
He started when he was 18. He has been playing basketball for the majority, professionally, on a professional level. And the, the best players in the world. On the highest level available to us currently, until the Monstar has come down. <laughs> but I'm, I heard he's going to take care of them in July, so we'll see about that. But this man will be doing something for literally the majority of his life. You couldn't pay me enough to walk up to LeBron and say, stop playing basketball right now. Hey, right good. now, stop. Hey, you're good, man. Stop playing basketball. Not not even you're good. Like, it'll be better for everyone if you stopped playing basketball. <laughs> let's say there was and there isn't. There isn't, a, like, a moral case for that. But let's say there somehow yeah. was. There was some, like, society would benefit from LeBron James, which, again, they would not, and neither would the NBA. No. But let's I, I can't think of an example, but let's say in La La Land, there is. There is a he has like a moral obligation to stop. No way he stops. No. No. Like like if if I if I told LeBron James, like, my guy, uh, if you don't stop playing basketball right now, um uh my uh what is it? I'm never gonna find true love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, let's say like, no one would ever find true love again in the world yeah, until no one LeBron who is, James stopped playing basketball. I guarantee he plays a couple more years. Like he wouldn't even he wouldn't even quit like halfway through the first year. He'd be like, no, this is just like a coincidence. Like the world's falling apart. Like things are in shambles. And he's like, mm, no, I'm going to keep playing. Like he would probably go through year two before like, oh shit, like this is a problem. And then even then, even the divorce then, rate spikes like double. Everyone gets divorced. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent single. It's all hookup culture. Everybody's on Tinder. The world's Tin- literally in shambles. The world's in shambles. Half of the world's got STDs, and it's all because LeBron won't stop playing basketball. He'd play another couple seasons, man. Oh, he'd do it. I, 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 my bet is that he's going to keep playing until he dunks on his son, and then he's quitting. I would like, love to sit him down and ask him one question, and that would be it. It would what be. What is it? Oh. Let's say the world falls out of love. The world is literally in shambles. The divorce rate's a hundred percent, excluding his. I'm going to leave his life the same. Excluding Ooh. his, but the world is in shambles. True love no longer exists until you stop playing basketball. When do you quit? Like, and the crazy thing, that's not something that causes, like, there, there's no conceivable, like, like physical repercussions from, like, nobody having true love. There, no. There's no, like, conceivable, like, real anarchy that would be developed. It's just the fact that you are aware of what true love is. You have it for your family. And from this point on, if you keep playing basketball, nobody else will get to experience it. And you are aware of this. How long do you keep playing? I bet it's two seasons. Minimum. Oh. Minimum. Oh. You know who else would be a good person to ask that to? Who? Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady, unfazed. Tom Brady unfazed. He was, he's, I think he's, he's gonna play until he said he was about forty-five. 
that that man's gonna that that man, yeah he, he's gonna be like if nobody else has true love i probably could win at least 10 rings yeah he would not care i not, i think his plans are unfazed he would he'd be the next question <laughs> until my until the wheels fall off baby until the wheels fall off next question yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i think lebron would at least think of like think about it and then aaron Rodgers, he's like i already found it i quit i'm not going back <laughs> he's got over heels in love with shailene packers are over <laughs> he's like i already found it i'm not coming back i already quit did nobody did nobody tell you guys i'm done yeah, I don't want to be traded. I don't want to play anymore. Because this is a Skype interview that we're doing with Aaron Rodgers, who's in like the Philippines oh, yeah, on a private island. Yeah, he's like six Mai Tais deep, tearing it up with the chick from Fault in Our Stars. and just Talking to We Are These Guys now yeah. about how long he'd keep playing. I was like, oh no, y'all got, you, you guys can have your love. I, I'm, I'm done. Here's the thing. I think we could get him on here as long as we don't ask him anything about football. And I would just ask him obscene questions like that. I'd be totally content with that. I would not ask him a single thing about the Packers. Oh, facts. No, not a single thing about the Packers. I would ask him several things about living in Wisconsin. Dude, like, just ask as, me. As a professional athlete. Oh. Because that's different. I I like I've already seen way more Packers fans since meeting you than I ever have in my entire life. Yeah, because we attract each other. It's like, and it's so, like cheese magnets. That's that's exactly what it is. Y'all are cheese magnets. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can only imagine what it's like to actually like spend a significant amount of time in that area and be a part of their most prolific sports team. So again, no relation to actually playing football, but what it's like, what is it like to be a national celebrity living in a place where you are probably going to have a statue of you in like three different bars and in front of the stadium. Yeah. Like what's that, what's that like? Like how does it feel to be the big man on campus of an entire state? <laughs> I would ask him more obscene questions. I'd, I'd I'd ask him that one. I'd ask him probably some mindfulness stuff, like what his like. I want to get like more into like his mind, like you know, on his day. Yeah, day. like and like how like, many beers could he butt chug? Yeah, like gun to your head. How much booze are you butt chugging? <laughs> gun to your head six full bottles <laughs> of, of vodka yeah. of beer yes six full, full bottles of beer you, yes you're six. right yeah. a six pack of beer gun to your head six pack of beer how many are you butt chugging <laughs> that's what we would open with just to set the tone of them just like hey just so you know we, I, I promise you we will not ask you any serious questions I promise we're not asking serious questions. The last and thing not we're going to football is if you're coming back to the Packers. That is literally yeah. at the bottom of our list. We're opening with butt chugging. We're opening with butt chugging. Gun to your head. He tells you you have to put the whole pack back. How many are you actually doing? <laughs> now, oh, and we'd have Shailene on at the same time. Like, all right, Shailene, what's your number? <laughs> and he's going to be like, whoa, she's on the show. <laughs> 
It's a surprise. We didn't, we didn't tell him until after he answers the butt chugging question. <laughs> She's calling in on another line. <laughs> we just tell her to mute herself and, <laughs> while he's answering. Oh, uh, that'd be great. That would be the episode that we do like on Skype or something. And so, just actually record it. I was at a wedding this last weekend. I would never crash a wedding because it'd be super uncomfortable, but that would be one I'd try to crash. Fair. Ooh, an- another another question. Would you crash a fan's wedding? Like a like would he crash yes. a fan's wedding? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I feel like that's, he would. That's one thing I would ask him. Because I know if I was a celebrity, like I don't want to be famous, but I know if I was a celebrity. I'd just show and up. I, and I knew that somebody, like, was a fan of mine. Like, even, like, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, like, type of famous. Like, people just, like, culty, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. I'd crash their wedding. Oh, yeah. If I'd I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm crashing weddings. Yep. Yep. I feel like but, J.J. But, like, Watt not make would. a scene. Like, literally just sit down. And, like, oh, yeah. act like no. you're supposed to be there. And yeah. then lie about who you are. Like, full-blown, like, wedding crashers. Have a full backstory, so people are like actually wondering if it's you or not. Mm-hmm. Bring a gift, and then you present it like to the person who's your fan, whether it's the bride or the groom or however that wedding is set up. You just walk over there, put it in their hand, shake their hand, and lean in, just like I'm exactly who you think I am. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you just keep walking, and then no, you go. so happy that you found love and I got to share this moment with you a complete stranger who was a <laughs> fan of me who I've never met before in my life but I was a part of your day and nobody else will believe you where's your bar <laughs> is, is it an open bar no you broke ass hoe <laughs> it is now <laughs> it is now slaps a briefcase of like <laughs> 10, 50 G's. Hey, you're serving everything to everyone tonight. Okay, oh, thanks. man. Okay, thanks. <laughs> the DJ, Jeff Bezos in the house. He plays the Bo Burnham. We're going to go full circle on this. He goes, plays the Jeffrey Bezos song from the Bo Burnham special. Yes. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Yes, I was hoping. I was hoping you would catch that and do that. Reel it in, baby. Yo, we. I'm Full not gonna circle. lie. Tell, show us another podcast that has this good of chemistry because that was a lob, and he shut that down. Oh, that was perfect. It slammed it home like Giannis mm. to whoever. I, I don't know. <laughs> that was LeBron James from D Wade right there. Yeah, lobbed it up. With just that iconic picture. Yeah. Iconic picture, running away from it while the points are going down. If there, was a, if there was a podcast equivalent to that, that was it. We just did it. That was it. Oh, yeah. That was perfect. All right. Well. <laughs> watch, bro. Watch. Like, what, he's going to find this because I know that he listens to everything. Jeff? Yeah. Okay. Him, Mark, him, Mark, and Bill. And uh, Elon are all in the same room listening to all conversations at all times, just uploading them directly to their uh, cerebellum. Yeah. Just right into the brain. Yep. Just juicing. I'm looking listening forward to, to all the. Yep. They're, they're going to crash one of our weddings. We'll see whose it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd shit my pants. He'd be like, Yo. I listened to your podcast. <laughs> 
I would really lose it, bro, because like he'd walk in like while I'm giving a speech, whether it's your wedding or mine, and I'm just gonna look over and just like, oh, this guy. He, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna say it. He really did it. He, he, I knew you were listening. <laughs> He's just gonna look and do the like finger point thing, and just yeah. like ah. And then I just go over to the DJ and request that song. <laughs> if he play it right now, Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Oh man. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We didn't talk about. Like any other stuff that we had planned, no. but this is just what we do. This Works is, out well. This this is how our shows go. We just it's just two guys talking. <laughs> but at the end of each show, <laughs> it's just, that's it's exactly what podcasts are: two guys talking, or two people, or more, or one, or just one into the void. That's what we do every week. But just like we always say. You know, beginning of the show, we were different people. We weren't these guys before. We are now. Thanks, everyone.